This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Because marriage without maintenance will break. Together, we are learning how to make marriage and love better. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. The roof on a house is absolutely critical to making it livable. In fact, without a roof, a house is really not a house at all. Marriage is a lot like a house. Without a roof, may not be much of a marriage at all. Listen in to the Fixer Upper Marriage class as we learn three reasons you need a roof over your marriage. Three reasons you need a roof in your marriage. And we go through fixing up a house and, and what it's, we compare that to fixing up your marriage. Like your marriage is a fixer-upper. And I don't know about you, but my marriage is definitely a fixer-upper. There's all the time things that I need to do maintenance-wise in my relationship with my spouse. You know, one of the most basic structural requirements of a house is a roof. It, materials range from banana leaves to architectural shingles that really add to the beauty. I mean, you've got all these ones that have all these slants on them and all these different designs. And then you've got the basic ones out. I mean, every structure of a house, it's like a basic thing. It has to have a roof or some way to cover from what's uh, the, the elements. It protects from... The occupants under the roof, it protects from rain, wind, snow, and even sunlight. It's a place you can go. It's a place you can call home. Your house must have a functioning roof in order to be a house. Likewise, your marriage relationship must have a functioning roof in order to survive as a home. Today, we're going to learn three reasons you should have roofs in your marriage. Number one, because your marriage needs protection. The intent of a roof is to protect, even though the things it may be protecting from are not happening at the moment. What, when they're putting a roof on a a house or they're re-roofing a house or working on a house, there's no, usually not, they don't do that in the rain. I've never seen a roofer put a roof on in the rain. But they're doing that to protect the house from the rain. You don't put a roof on a house when it's snowing, right? But your intent is when it does snow that you have a roof. You have a way to protect your, your, your home and your possessions. You don't put a roof on when it's windy. But, but the intent is that the roof is to protect your house from the wind. But that's the intent. It's designed to protect from weather hazards. You know, the covenant of marriage provides this legitimate place for each other to meet physical and emotional needs. And in being, having those needs met, it's like, putting a roof over your marriage. You don't have the need to look anywhere else if those things are being fulfilled in the marriage that you already have. You know, when marriage is easy, it's easy to do that, right? I remember when I first got married, we were so excited and so happy, and it was easy to uh, be romantic toward my wife, and it was easy for us to fulfill each other's needs because we were so excited and so happy just to be together. As the years go on and as things change and things happen, it becomes more like work, doesn't it? It just gets harder to do. It becomes something, that's when your wedding vows take effect. And the covenant that you made with each other, that's when it really becomes meaningful. I mean, when your husband is not Prince Charming anymore, when you realize he wasn't the guy 
that maybe he pretended to be. And we all do that when we're dating, right? We pretend to be this debonair guy that we're really going to take care of you. You know, every time I see you, I've got flowers and a card and chocolates, right? But then you get married and time passes a little bit. And all of a sudden you realize he's not Prince Charming. And then you realize, hey, I'm not married to Snow White. She doesn't look like Snow White anymore. I mean, when we were dating, she always looked, looked perfect. And then here she's without any makeup on at all. I mean, things, things change when you get married and you've been married for a while. Like the fairy tale ends in the grind of real life, right? Real life begins when you get married and you put some time under you. You must therefore prepare your relationship for problems that you don't see right away. Problems in your marriage happen. That's not the time to put a roof on when it's raining. Oh my goodness, it's raining. I need a roof. Oh, there's snowing. I need to put a roof on. Or Oh my goodness, there's a tornado coming. There's wind blowing. I need to put a roof on my house. No, you do it beforehand. That's the way it is in marriage. You have to have that protection over your home and over your marriage before problems happen. And when you have that protection, it helps strengthen your marriage. So when those problems do happen, you're able to constructively deal with those things. If you prepare your relationship for those things that could happen. And these are the top seven things. I put seven things. I think they're in your outline this morning. My top seven things that could be problems in your marriage. And I'm sure there are many more. These are some that I've thought of, some that I've dealt with personally in my life. Or I know someone who has. Number one is infidelity. Infidelity. Now, by planning in advance for potential problems like this in your marriage, you can prevent them from tearing your marriage apart. If you go out of the way to meet the needs of your spouse, they won't go somewhere else to have those needs met. There's less likely of that temptation. If you go out of your way to meet the emotional needs of your wife and give her attention and say things to her that would be encouraging to her, make her feel special and appreciated, she won't need that from the guy at work or the guy at church or whoever would tempt her. In infidelity is the same way with the guy. If you go out of your way to meet the needs and desires that he needs from you by meeting those needs within the marriage covenant, it prevents him from having to go outside the marriage covenant to do those things. So you can protect your marriage from infidelity if you just put a roof of protection over your relationship. Get a ladder out, climb up on the climb up and put a roof over of protection over your marriage. Addictions are another thing that causes problems in marriage. And it's something that you can prepare your marriage for. Marriage is the most intimate relationship on the planet. It really is. You know each other in ways that are hidden from everyone else that's in a circle, in the sphere of the people that you know. You are the most intimate with your spouse. And it's in this aspect of marriage that addictions can be prevented and identified. By completely sharing your life with one another, you become accountable to each other. The bottom line is don't keep secrets from your spouse. You know, if you are struggling with a temptation, how about think outside the box? Let them know that you're struggling with a temptation and maybe they can help you within the covenant of marriage to help you overcome that addiction, whatever it is. Maybe some temptation that you're struggling with or maybe you have an addiction to prescription medication. That's going on a lot now, right? I mean, you just hear about that more and more people getting addicted to prescription medication you know, sometimes I go to the pharmacy and I mean I'll have to wait 15-20 minutes outside the drive-thru of the pharmacy to get my medicine there's so many people taking medications and I can understand how someone would become addicted to a medication but that happens people become addicted to pornography 
You know what, if everything is open with your spouse and you have accountability, you know, if your spouse can get it to your phone, if your spouse sees what you're doing, if you do things on the phone with your spouse in the room with you, you what, you're less likely to be attempted, less likely to fall into that addiction. So by putting that roof over that protection over your marriage, you help strengthen your marriage. But losing the feeling of being in love, it's that's something else you see that's a problem in marriage. We just lose that feeling of being in love. It happens to everybody. Every couple, everybody that gets married, it happens to some degree or another. It's like you just fall out of love. And I've heard it, like you've heard it too, so many times. Well, we just fell out of love with each other. Or I just don't love you anymore. When you're dating and you're courting and you're just madly in love with each other. And then over time, that just kind of fades and you're just... Not that way anymore. It's like you're just friends or buddies or whatever, and you're not, you're not that romantic anymore. It's just that love, that feeling of love. It's just not there. But, you know, we fall in love incredibly fast, especially when you consider some people's story like the love at first sight, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, we felt we were love at first sight. And then, you know, even, even when you think about when we all say, when I told my wife I loved her, we had been talking for some time, but still... There's not enough time to know someone. We just fall in love so quickly. But, you know, you fall out of love and it just takes time. Over time, that love just begins to fade and dwindle. And maybe you don't realize it's happened. But just over time, you look back and say, we just don't love each other like we used to. Because you can put protection over your marriage by protecting that feeling of love by dating your spouse, by doing things, by pursuing your spouse to keep those feelings of love fresh. You know, it's kind of like a flower. If you want that flower to look nice, you, you have to trim. You have to take care of it. You have to fertilize it, right? You have to take the, the branches and the leaves that are dead. You have to trim them off. And the result is you have a beautiful flower. You have to cultivate it it's the same way in marriage. And you have to cultivate your relationship with your spouse if you want to have those feelings of love. If you want to feel like you're in love, well, then you have to cultivate those feelings. And some people go somewhere else and cultivate it with someone. Why would you do that when you have a spouse you're already married to that you can cultivate those feelings with? So losing the feeling of being in love, that's another problem in marriage that you can protect. You can put something over your marriage to protect your marriage from that happening. Money is a big problem in a lot of people's marriages. Although I do think, I do think that when people say money problems separate them or money problems pull them apart, I think it was something else. I think it just contributes to it. But money, we'd all say money is a huge stressor in it. And I mean, it stresses me out when I think about the bills. I'm thinking about bills I have to pay right now. I'm there's a deadline. This bill's due on this day and this bill's due on that day. It be, can become something very stressful. It becomes stressful in your marriage, but by planning in advance, by putting up some shingles, you can prevent money problems from hurting your marriage. You know what? You may not be able to prevent money problems from happening because sometimes it just happens. I mean, sometimes it's just not enough money to pay this and you got to do this to pay this. I mean, sometimes we all go through phases where we just have to do what we have to do. But you know what? You can prevent them from destroying your marriage. And you know what? Your differences in handling money can actually be a good thing in your marriage. You know, maybe you're a saver. Well, as a saver, you might be the best person to handle the cash flow in your marriage. Maybe you're the, the planner. Maybe you can see down the road and you're good at the big picture kind of thing. Well, you might be the, the spouse who's, who's better suited for planning investments and, and helping plan to make big purchases. 
So by working together and communicating, right, by talking about money, you can kind of put a roof of protection over your marriage. Another thing is health problems, health problems. We all say it in one iteration or another, for better or for worse, right, for richer or for poorer, for sickness and in health. Then it actually happens and one spouse can't fulfill their end of the bargain because they're sick or they can't take they can't take up. Your other spouse has to take up the slack now because you're sick or your spouse is sick and they can't do what they should be doing. Right. So then you have to take up the slack and you're carrying more of the load than you should in marriage. But that's what the vow was all about. Right. In sickness and in health. So then, then it happens. Your spouse gets sick. It's a test of real love. It's giving when the other person cannot give you back. You know, it is to honor your commitment and your covenant, even when you get nothing in return. It reminds me of Christ in the church. And it's like that, isn't it? I mean, he honors his commitment, and his covenant and salvation when he gets little or nothing in return. He stays faithful to me. He honors the covenant that he made for me, even though I give him very, very like at my best is like a tiny bit back to him. Even when our spouse can't give back to us that we give back to them. I always think of my godly mother who takes care of my disabled dad. You know, my dad had a stroke several years ago and can't take care of himself. He's not the man he used to be. He has to have constant care. You know, my mother, my godly mother. Even though she gets very little in return from my dad, she goes out of her way to take care of him. That's when the covenant, those vows you make, take an effect. You can put a cover of protection over that part of your marriage. You can nail some shingles up to the covenant that you made with your spouse and reinforce that. So you know what? No matter what, we're going to be together. No matter what happens, we're going to be together. In sickness, like we said, in sickness and in health, in arguing. Really what it all boils down to when you have problems in your marriage, you start arguing, you start fighting, right? It's strange that living together, sharing so much personal space and knowing each other so intimately can produce so much resentment and hateful words toward each other. You know, the subject for arguments are innumerable, right? But it's never worth the damage that it causes. I mean, whatever we're arguing about usually isn't anything that important. Now, maybe as simple as, where are we going to eat? Or as complicated as, where'd all the money go, right? <laughs> I mean, arguments in marriage can really cause a lot of problems for you. You know, no one knows how to push your buttons like the person you share your life with. Arguing really can tear your marriage apart. But before you raise your voice, before you say all those things on your mind, before you give your spouse a piece of your mind... I'm not going to do that because I don't have enough to share. I don't have enough to go around. But before you give your spouse a peace of mind, just take a deep breath and step back and don't say anything. Don't say anything until you've calmed down. And this it gives you time to consider your spouse's point of view, to think about, think, to think they have a point of view too. And maybe it gives you time to think about maybe where they're coming from or the points that, that they're making. And maybe you come to the conclusion that, hey, you know what? I am being a little selfish in this area. It's a little selfish of me to expect this out of my spouse. So you start to think about these things. And now you can sit down and constructively talk. So now you're not hollering. Now you're not yelling. Now you're not throwing dishes at each other, right? Now you're just 
talking and trying to resolve the conflict that you have because you've had time to sit down and come to some kind of a reasonable, reasonable solution. Also, consider how consequential or non-consequential your conflict may actually be. It may not be worth going to war over your spouse over whatever it is you're upset about. Just being a little irritated at your spouse, it's not worth going to war or battle over, even like the Cold War. I'm not going to speak to you. I'm going to speak to you for a week or a day or two days. Or It may not be worth what you're upset about. It may not be worth that at all. It may not be that, if you think about it, it may not be that consequential at all to you if you take some time to consider it. Then why fight about something that's really not that important to begin with? I mean, if you want to eat healthy, but your spouse really wants that greasy fried chicken from the fried chicken place, you can argue and fuss and fight about it, or you can do this. You can drive through. Have you ever driven through one of those drive-thrus? And I guess they have to do it by law or something, but they put the calories, you know, how many calories? Drive through one of those fried chicken places, it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, it's like... 2,500 calories for this meal? That's what you're supposed to have for the whole day. It's like, I can't believe this. But if your spouse, they, they're really adamant. Hey, I want to eat the greasy fried chicken. I really want greasy fried chicken. Okay, well, I'll get you the greasy fried chicken. And on the way home, I'll grab me a salad from, the, from, from Walmart or whatever. I'll get something that I like to eat. My point is, is some things aren't worth arguing about. You know, you, arguing about food, it's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble of putting burden on your marriage it doesn't need to be there consider letting your spouse know what you want how about this instead of expecting them to guess it when dealing with men sometimes you still have to come out and say it I don't know what it is about women sometimes they just don't want to just come out and say what they want in a lot of ways I don't mean this to be insulting toward any men but a lot of times I'm just going to be honest we're a lot like cavemen or something I mean we like to have just the hieroglyphics on the wall they just spell out exactly what we're supposed to do and what we need to do and what you want. But, you know, women are a lot more complicated. But just go ahead. We, men can't read between the lines. We can't read between the emotional lines. We're not good at that. So just tell us what you want. Just come out and say what you want. It's not worth fussing and arguing about some things. Go ahead and put the roof up over your marriage. We're going to put the roof up in advance. You know what? We're not going to argue. We're not going to fight. We're not going to raise our voice. We're going to solve our problems in constructive ways. We're going to sit down and work through our problems together. So arguing is another problem. Abuse is a problem that you see in marriage. It's tragic to see a marriage where the couples hit each other or use abusing language. It honestly, it makes me angry to think of it. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, marriage paints this beautiful picture of Christ in the church. You know how bad that destroys the image of Christ in the church. Could you ever imagine Christ hitting his bride or speaking ugly to his bride? No, that, that, it destroys the picture. It should never happen in a Christian marriage. You might expect that. I would expect that if I were on visitation and driving through a neighborhood and there's a couple that's lost and they don't know any better and they're outside hollering at each other and arguing. I would ex- you would expect that from People that don't know the Lord, but we know the Lord. We're Christians. Our marriages shouldn't be that way. There shouldn't be abuse, abuse in a Christian marriage. It should never be in a saved, born-again Christian couple's marriage. The key is to make that commitment 
We're not going to do that. Like I said, step away. If you've got a problem with your temper, you've got a problem with your anger. You know what? You can use the power of prayer. You've got the Holy As a Christian, you have the words of Scripture. You can depend on the Spirit of God. And you can also seek out godly counsel if you need to. You can see a Christian counselor to help work through if you're having anger issues. But don't let that be something that destroys your marriage. How crazy it is of us to fuss and fight and argue when we have so many tools at our disposal to help us work through. If you have an addiction, there are churches that have addiction programs that help you work through addictions in your life. You don't have to let those things destroy your marriage. Number two, number one was you need roof. You need a roof over your marriage to protect your marriage. Number two, you need a roof over your marriage for longevity. Roofs are made to last. According to Wikipedia, you can expect a lower end, thin shingle roof to last 20 years. That's a long time, isn't it? While a slate roof, if you can afford to put a slate roof on your house, you can expect that roof to last you, get this, 150 years. So roofs are something that's very important. It's so critical that they're made to last. In marriage, your marriage is even more important than a house that you live in. Your marriage should be built to last. God intended marriage to last a lifetime. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 19, in verse number 7, Jesus said, They said unto him, or the Pharisees said unto him, Why did Moses in command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he, Jesus, said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. Listen to this. But from the beginning, it was not so. God's design for marriage is for it to be a lifetime commitment, a lifetime together. And your marriage needs that longevity. You need the protection. You need to have a roof over your marriage so that your marriage will last. From the beginning, it was created between a marriage to be between a man and a woman for a lifetime. It is our responsibility in the covenant of marriage to consider the long term impact of what you're doing in your life right now. Take divorce and leaving off the table. Just take those words out of your vocabulary. Growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. And I remember my parents fighting from time to time or having disagreements. But my mother never said the words divorce. She never said, I'm going to leave you. Take that out of your vocabulary. No, we're not going to do that. We may be having a tough time. Things may not be the way that we want them right now. But we're going to get through this together because we're a couple God intended marriage to last a lifetime. You stood before God and made vows to be a couple, not just until things get tough, but through whatever circumstances in life may happen. Divorce is not an option for the Christian marriage. God wants us to work through our problems instead of running away from our problems. Jesus does not leave his bride. Jesus doesn't leave us, right? If we're doing something wrong, he doesn't leave us, but he waits patiently for us to make things right with him, doesn't he? Marriage should be the same way. You don't leave your spouse. You work with your spouse and you wait patiently for your spouse to make things right with you. You pursue each other just like the Lord pursues us until there's a resolution to the problems that you're having. Absolutely refuse to give up on your marriage just like Jesus absolutely refuses to give up on you. Your marriage needs protection because God intended that marriage to last 
for a lifetime. Learn to become adaptable to change. Now, roofs are something that's unique because they're made to be rigid and they're made to be sturdy and they're made to be last a lifetime. But they're adaptable enough to protect against any number of elements. They can protect against snow. They can protect against wind. They can protect against rain. Our marriage should be the same way. Our relationship should be rigid enough where we're going to stand to be faithful to each other for a lifetime. But we should be able to adapt to changes that come into our life. Over time, your financial situation may change. Sometimes you may have extra money. Sometimes you may not have enough money. Over time, your health situation may change. You you may be the perfect picture of health. And then over time, you just start to fall apart. We can all have seen that happen in our our time. We just start to fall apart when we get older or we start having health problems. You can strengthen your marriage. You can strengthen your marriage and learn to love each other and accept the changes that you're going through in life. You change, too, over time. Because if my husband is not the man he used to be, guess what? You're not the woman you used to be. And see, guys say that. You're just not the woman you used to be. You're not who I was when, when I married you. Well, you know, you're not who you were either. Time changes us. Time changes the way we are. And through the things that happen in our life, things change. We have to learn to adapt to those changes in order to be successful in our marriage. Here's a big news flash. Life is not always picture perfect. You know, when I was little, my mama, she used to take us all. She made sure it happened every year. She took us all to the Olin Mill studio. And we all had our best clothes on. And they got the absolute best picture that they possibly could. We all had our hair combed and everybody was smiling in the pictures. And then when you go to my parents' house, I mean, everywhere there's these, the annual picture. And everybody looks perfect. In real life, things are not perfect. They're more like my, my pictures from school. You know, when my hair was all these crazy hairstyles and I had worn out T-shirts wearing these embarrassing pictures I don't want anybody to see. That's what real life is more like. And then things just happen. Things change. Real life comes along and things just don't pan out the way we think they will. We get married and we just have it in our mind. It's like the fairy tale image. This is what it's going to be like. Never works out that way, does it? Never pans out that way. Something always happens. Something always changes. Things happen. And that's why it's important to have your marriage. It's like that safe place. Have protection over your marriage. Healing takes time. Healing takes time. When things happen in your marriage... It may take time for those things to heal. That's why you should have your marriage set up. You should be in the mindset for the long run that we're together for a lifetime because things happen and it just takes time for those things to heal. I mean, I think about tragedies. It takes time to recover from tragedies that happen. When you've broken trust with your spouse, it takes time to restore that trust. It takes time when you make a mistake Sometimes it takes time to correct the mistake that you made. Healing takes time, and that's why your marriage should be set up for the long run. You should have the long picture of marriage in your mind. Don't yield to temptation and give up on your marriage when it just needs a little bit of time to get better, right? God will make your love deeper and stronger than it ever was if you'll just give him the chance to do that. 
Just give him the opportunity to do that because he cares about you and he cares about your marriage. The number one was for protection. Number three, have this roof over your marriage because of longevity. Number three, because your marriage needs support. Why do you need a roof in your marriage? Because your marriage needs support. It is roofs are one of the most critical structures of a house. It's, they call it the envelope of the house. It's a part of the envelope. It works together with the walls and the beams to hold the whole structure of the house together. Your marriage must work together with other support in order to maintain its structure. The support I'm talking about is support from the church. God created the local visible church in this world to benefit you and your marriage. When things are tough in marriage and in life, learn to lean on the church. Stay faithful in those times of hardship and become even more faithful. You know, sometimes when we're having a hard time spiritually or in a marriage, we want to retreat, right? We want to, we want to retreat, but that's not the time to retreat. That's the time to become more faithful. That's the time to come stay longer at church. That's the time to come early to church because we need God's people. We need the resources that are in God's house to help us and from people. Use the people that, that God has put in your life to benefit you and your marriage. You know, your pastor is a great tool that God gives to the church, a great gift. And he's a great person to talk to about your marriage problems or whatever you're going through. You know, godly friends can also encourage and pray for you or whatever you're going through. Fight the tendency to withdraw and be around the people that love you and care about you. Those are the people that can help you. In seeking help from people, be careful who you consult. For example, your followers on social media may not be the best place to get advice for your marriage. They may not really care for you all that much to think, but they like my stuff. To think, but they like my Facebook page or they like my Instagram post. You know, that might not be the best place to help for your marriage. Consult the people that love you and care about you or that family member that's been divorced three times. That may not be the person to talk to for marriage advice. Find the people that love you and care about you and, and have your interest in mind. Get help from them. Your marriage needs support in order to be successful it, Put a roof on your marriage. Why you should put a roof on your marriage? Number one, for protection. Number two, for longevity. And number three, for the support that you need. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of your family. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to have strong marriages. And may we lean and rest on your church and your word and your people. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. To leave feedback, send an email to jason at fixeruppermarriage.org. Remember that God has something great planned for your marriage, so don't miss it.